This is the mugpunters.com.au podcast for Thursday the 19th of April 2017 and in our breaking news headlines this week. Australian Rugby League Chairman Peter Beattie has once again hit the headlines this week, mistaking a child wearing a Barcelona jersey as a Knights supporter. Here at Mug Punters, we think the backlash is unwarranted, as surely anyone can make such a simple error. And to our wives, who are huge fans of the show, we swear that the shop we walked to down the side alley in Cronulla was a physiotherapist. We, We all make mistakes. Joanna Griggs and Basil Zemplist have unleashed the fury following the Commonwealth Games closing ceremony where viewers were left as unsatisfied as a hungry elephant given only a Snickers bar to eat. Clearly smoke could be seen coming from Griggs' ears as Channel 7 insiders said they hadn't seen her that angry since they ran out of pulled pork sliders at the House Rules After Party Buffet in 2015. (laughs) Ratings numbers suggested by the time the closing ceremony was finished, only a handful of viewers remained, though Channel 7 executives remained upbeat, pointing out that that was double their estimates of Australians who actually cared about the Commonwealth Games before they started. And Kerry Packer is rolling over in his grave with the news Channel 7 is set to become the major broadcaster of cricket starting next summer. Along with the announcement also came speculation over who Channel 7 would choose to anchor the broadcasts, with early markets showing Bruce McAvaney at $5, Mel McLaughlin good value at $9, and we definitely pray it's not Koshy at 31s. <laughs> Given Channel 7 CEO Tim Warner no relation to David, has suggested the first objective is to find someone who'll be as charismatic and as popular as Mark Nicholas with Channel 9. Speculation quickly installed a new even money favourite for the job and we wish the cash cow the best in his new role. Unplanned, unedited, and unedited. This is the mugpunters.com.au podcast. Hello, everybody. It's PK here. Welcome to another edition of the Mug Punters podcast. And remember, if you've got something you want us to cover on the show, you can tweet us at mugpunterspod or comment on our weekly show link by searching for Mug Punters podcast on Facebook. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit one of those subscribe buttons on the website and get involved. Maybe even share it with someone. That would be lovely. And I'm joined this week as I am always by Mr. Bartz. G'day, sir. G'day, sir. How's things? Look, I am more excited than someone who was just given a 20-minute speaking slot during the Commonwealth Games closing ceremony, my friend. <laughs> Very good. Well, I'm a bit under the weather today. I've made another frivolous attempt at trying to find a winner at Happy Valley last night, and after being nosed out by a couple in blanket finishes, I've turned to my old mate, Tennessee Honey, to accompany me into the wee hours, and boy, I'm feeling it today. <laughs> I would love to make a comment on the sporting action this week, boys, but I've seen very little, with the highlight being Daniel Ricciardo's come-from-behind win in the Chinese Grand Prix. Unbelievable. He really is a man of many talents, being a Formula One driver, and also finding time to run his tomato and strawberry business just north of Port Macquarie there. And I believe, Mills, you stopped him for some strawberries last time you were up that way. Oh, well, let's be joined by the man who masterminded England's netball gold at the Commonwealth Games. Hello, Mr. Mills. Ah, g'day, boys. And look, Bart, I know you're joking about Ricardo's, but it really is a fun day out. It's uh, (laughs) worth uh, popping into when you're heading north next time out. But look, uh, plenty of sport going on, but uh, as Bart says, uh, I have hardly had time to pay attention to any of it. But I did notice, boys, an interesting event at Sandown Races yesterday, Mm -hmm. where a horse was declared a non-starter after getting its tail stuck 
between the gates and I just thought oh. it brought, brought back memories. Didn't a similar thing happen to Bart as he tried to get into Flemington for that Melbourne Cup day in 2012? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, we're, we're not going to talk about that. And uh, the judge said that uh, we can keep that on the down low. So maybe we should just give it a miss, eh? <laughs> maybe I should play the this. That one. Previous punting payouts. Oh, I got there eventually. Previous punting payouts. As it says, money, 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 Bart, surely you cashed up. Just note, PK, in the traditions of you betting on long-distance running, mm. I've almost pulled an Iana-like tip here with the Botswana and Nigel Amos getting mm. rolled in the 800 metres of odds of a dollar thirty by the Kenyan Wycliffe Kinyamal. Mm. And a lesson for all out there, never back against the Kenyan in races over 800 metres and longer. <laughs> Silly mistake. Uh, the other leg was free money, though, with John John Florence easily accounting for the two young Aussies mm. in his round one heat at the Margaret River Pro in WA, but organisers didn't want another J-Bay Mick Fenning type scenario, and they've abandoned the event, boys, after two shark attacks occurred 15 kilometres away during uh, the, well, just before the start of round three. Wow. What that means for the championship rating points is an absolute mystery to me, so if anyone has those answers, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. And finally, the NRL tips last week... Oh dear, is all I can say. Mm. This week I'll be trying a brand new approach, PK. Um, so <laughs> keep an eye Colours. on that. And uh, yeah, Mr. Mills, how'd you go? <laughs> yeah, no good, boys. Shades of mid-November 2017 with my oh. worthwhile wager in Viridine. Well, look, oh. it wasn't one of Hugh Bowman's best rides, but the horse probably wasn't going to win anyway. And as for my Group 1 tipping over the two days of the championships there in Sydney, well, that's been disgraceful. Uh, look, away from the obvious in Winks, who I thought was slightly vulnerable, would you believe? <laughs> I've I've totally missed the board, so it just shows how good I'm going at the moment, Pete. Well, well I'd love to say I've got better news, but uh, just mm. just like Bart's with my worthwhile weekly wager, one leg out of two ain't going to prop a table up, my friends. Um, nice. With Australia getting beaten in the women's rugby final. Did you catch the final, boys? Oh, any of the highlights. How was it? Well... Put it this way, there was a draw at full time and inexplicably, oh. with the Australians in attack, holding the ball, one of them decided to kick it out over the sideline to make sure we got safely into extra time. Mm. Absolutely inexplicable. <laughs> and in the media reports afterwards, she said she mistook someone else in on the field yelling out, have a go for kick it out over the sideline so we can go into extra time. So I'm not really sure where that miscommunication occurred, but what a disgrace. Uh, mm. Look, my, my NRL tips have been about as insightful as Commonwealth Games closing ceremony organisers as well, boys. So let's hope we can turn the table this week. We'll, we'll give it a crack. And there is only one way to kick off this week in sport. All I do is winks, 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 no matter what. Mr. Mills, mm. was that the most impressive victory of Winx's career? Oh, I think it probably has to be, Pete. Um, there were so many things that could have gone wrong for Winx there. The barrier, the apparent lack of tempo. Um, but look, uh, you'd mm. have to be living under a rock, wouldn't you, not to have seen what she did to that field Oy. last Saturday. Mm. It was just so impressive. So, yeah, I'm marking it as probably... Uh, a career best performance there and of course 
It took her winning streak to 25, mm. match, matching Black Caviar. Now, off to the paddock with uh, some spring targets in mind, probably the Cox Plate, now that we know that there's absolutely not going to be any uh, overseas jaunts for the Great mm. Mare. And uh, look, it's just a case of a bit of housekeeping, I think. So they're cleaning up uh, a few uh, a few uh, things that were out there in the public eye. For example, Chris Waller has ruled out running Winks in the Everest. Okay. Saying that bookmakers, of course, the criminals that they are, keeping her <laughs> safe in that market at eleven dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, off to the paddock now for a well-earned rest. And uh, joins, uh, well, the most recent was Black Caviar and getting a race named after her. Boys, the Warwick Stakes in August, the race that Winks has used in recent seasons to kick off her spring campaign, mm. uh, will now be called the Winks Stakes and run on uh, run at Ramwick on August 18th. So congratulations to the great mayor. And let's just hope when she comes back into work in spring, she's just as good as she ever was. And can, of course, bring up what will probably never be uh, equaled or beaten would be a fourth successive Cox Plate. I'm, I'm not sure your uh, your mail is on the money there this week, Mr Mills. I heard that Winx was off on a Contiki tour and uh, going to have a couple of schooners over in Europe. <laughs> well, she could probably do that, Pete, and uh, still return uh, near or, or at the top of a game. But uh, off to a, uh, as for yet, unnamed paddock where she'll be having a bit of a bit of a rest. Now, you're not going to believe this, but I actually have some insight into Winks Watch this week, Mr. Mills. Can you believe that? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. You ready for this? Okay, so remember back back in the day when we first started Winks Watch, and, and I'd make the comments that every time I kept Googling Winks, it kept coming up with some sort of uh, dodgy <laughs> nightclub somewhere in Melbourne or something like that. Um, I actually found out the name of the, uh, the mother of Winks, and the name of the mother of Winks is actually called Vegas Showgirl. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering, Mr. Mills, is the name mm. Winks as dirty as we think that it is because her mother's <laughs> name was indeed Vegas Showgirl? Does that have any truth to it? Oh, mate, uh, you should be a journalist. Uh, that might be uh, the next <laughs> big story to come uh, to come out of the Winks watch in uh, the next week or two. So there you go, folks. You heard it here. Winks is named as a stripper. Dirty. <laughs> But let's move on to the NRL, and it's harder to pick than the sex of a baby polar bear this year. What an absolute <laughs> disgrace. I mean, look, just like an upturned puppadum lying in a drain outside your hostel in downtown Delhi, it doesn't matter how hungry you are, there's a few games this week that I just can't touch. But let's go through them, Mr Mills, if you've got a market, just so we can mm. point out how ridiculous it is this year with the NRL. The mm. first one we have listed here is the dogs taking on the rooters. And it's almost like everybody's been stung, isn't it? Because uh, the Bulldogs, let's face it, they're probably not featuring this season, but they're $2.70. The Roosters backable, $1.48. Oh, yeah, and I promised a brand new approach, boys. Um, And I'm going to guarantee better results this week. So I've pulled out the old 20-cent piece here. Heads for home, tails away. Let's do this. Yep. Heads, home team, 1-12. Doggy's upset. <laughs> Look, it's a classic example of why I'm not betting this round. I, you can't touch <laughs> that game. I just don't get it. Anyway, the mm. next one is an absolute ball terror, Mr. Mills, Isn't across it? the ditch. It is the Warriors taking on the Dragons in a top-of-the-table clash. Outsiders, the Kiwis there, $2.08. Mm. The Dragons, one seventy-eight. Mm. 
Yeah, I flipped the queen again there, boys. Dragons are going to take this one over there. Uh, they're unchanged from their run against Cronulla, where they played very well. Uh, Stephen Kearney says that Solomon Carter is still a chance um, to make that game coming back from injury. So it uh, should be a tie one there, PK. Well, it's going to be an absolute ball terror, isn't it? The Warriors maybe had one eye on this game when they took on the Broncos last week and got rolled. But the Dragons, like, I, I mean, you cannot see an end to their dominance at this stage this year. But are the Warriors going to give mm. them a shake? I, I don't know. You, like, Dragons as favourites kind of seems like unders for mine. But how can you back against them? It's just one of those rounds. Uh, let's head up to Brisbane, though, Mr. Mills. And what mm. you would think would have been the marquee game of the round is really just a couple of noofers running around. It's the Broncos yeah. versus the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, the Broncos outsiders, 235, probably pretty fair play there. And the Storm around a dollar sixty. Mm. Yeah, and Jack Bird's retaining that five eight spot uh, that he ran around last week. Um against the Warriors, and he played quite well there for his first game. So, you know, I think that they'll be improved again this week. The Queen says that the Broncos will win at home, PK. Um, mm. And I think uh, the teammates have backed Matt Lodge to return from his rib cartilage injury, so that'll help them up front. Um, I've got the Broncos on top. Uh, Melbourne have been about as inconsistent as the type of chicken I get in a three-piece feed at KFC this year. Like, they're all over the shop. <laughs> the, but the Broncos just beat Melbourne, beat sorry New Zealand across the ditch, and they're back at home, and they're outsiders. Like, it just makes no sense. But I, I just like to back against the Broncos, so Melbourne for mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> South's taking on the Raiders. And take note, punters, this game's actually... Uh, held at Central Coast Stadium. I don't mm. understand that. But Makes it's sense. the Rabbitohs' favourites. $1.57, the Raiders two forty. Mm. Yeah, and Cameron Murray is going to be given until the last minute to prove his fitness for that clash. The Raiders are expected to be 1-17. to um, Thank goodness I've got a queen here, PK, because mm. actually trying to pick this sensibly just seemed ridiculous to me. According to the queen, the Raiders are going to win 1-12. to uh, look, both teams about as useful as an umbrella in a cyclone this season. But, um, I, I mean, that's the thing. You, you kind of say, well, in a tipping comp, you've got to go with a safe one there and, and take Souths. But given the prices of all these teams and, and how I've been backing in the NRL this year, you've just got to take value if, you, if you're looking for profit there. So maybe that is the players to take all the value teams this round and that would mean taking the Raiders. I, I don't know. Uh, West Tigers versus the Knights. Now, this is also... Another mm. home game, which is nowhere near West Tigers' heartland, Mr. Mills. <laughs> uh, yeah, and look, West Tigers, I thought they really changed gears last weekend when absolutely demolishing uh, mm. the Sea Eagles. And uh, I think they're actually a little bit of overs here. $1.57, the Knights, I'd love to see them win, but I don't think they can. Two forty. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you there as well, Mr. Mills. Played up at Tamworth this game. That's actually been sold out already, so... A lot of fans traveling up. Elijah Taylor only needs to get through uh, a training session this week to make his return from a hamstring injury. Um, the Knights are expected to be 1-17, to and I agree. It looks like the Tigers have finally found some attack to go along with that mm. brilliant boring defense that defense. they've put together. Yeah. They're going to be hard to beat. Sorry, I had brilliant, boring. I'm not quite sure. Which one was it? <laughs> uh, look, if, we, if we're going to go off form this year, the Tigers in this game have to be a bigger lock than the Spanish basketball team of the 2000 Paralympics when they fielded a team of able-bodied athletes pretending to have mental disabilities. But look, I, if you're not sure about that one, look it up. It's absolutely superb. Uh, West Tigers, surely they're a lock in this game. But, but who is their back row, their high-quality back row? West Tigers? Yeah, I Chris Can't Lawrence remember. and Chris yeah. Lawrence, yeah, Robbie Rocco and and Laurie Oaks or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, Liza Taylor's coming back, and yeah, they got they got no one. 
Oh, jeez. Mr. Mills, the Cowboys mm. versus the Titans. Uh, $1.45, the Cowboys, plays two seventy five. the Titans. Yeah, um... Once again, Paul Green has resisted the urge to Move make on. changes with the, that Cowboys outfit, but Jesus, they were they were oh. terrible last week. So I've got to go with the Titans here. Um, Bryce Cartwright, Cartwright um, looks like he'll be back from that concussion. So yeah, I'm going with the Titans with no confidence at all, PK. Did you read the story that Matty Johns posted during the week about uh, a discussion he had with Warren Ryan? And Warren Ryan was telling the story about when he was coaching uh, one of the Tunks boys at Canterbury. And after a lacklustre start to the season, somewhat like you would suspect of Jonathan Thurston's start up there with the Cowboys, uh, Warren Ryan approached him and said before game day, he's like, so uh, what do you reckon you have a dig this weekend, eh? And his response was gold, and I love it. He said, mate, let all these 20-year-old boys get us to September and I'll win us the title. And you cannot help <laughs> you cannot help but think that that's the theory up there in North Queensland. But the problem is they're chock full of talent across the board. If every one of them goes in with that mentality, they may not make the eight. It's just that's way too short for a team that's won one game all year for mine. Anyway, that was a mm. long explanation for a short talk. Uh, Parramatta versus Manly, <laughs> Mr. Mills. Uh, Parramatta floundering, uh, aren't they? 2.35. The Sea Eagles, despite coming off that comprehensive loss, $1.60. Yeah, I might as well just keep backing Parramatta because mm. they've got to win eventually. <laughs> I gave them another chance last week. Gutherson was actually pretty good uh, yeah. in that game. The problem was everyone else in the team was absolutely shithouse. Jared Hayne and Takarangi are expected to play after being named. Uh um, so, you know, I, I've got, I'm going to go with Parramatta. Once again, no confidence, PK. Look, they are colder than Elsa in Frozen, buried beneath six feet of snow, Parramatta. Like, it's disgusting <laughs> how bad they've been this year. But then, on the other hand, Manly are about as hot and cold as a Katy Perry song. Like, what? You don't know. So, again, like, do we just take the value here and take the home team? And, like you said, mm-hmm. just keep banging our head against a brick wall with Parramatta. Also, pro tip... If you double your bet on Parramatta every week, when they do eventually win, and they will, it might not be this year, but when they do, you'll actually make your money back. So there's a pro punting tip for everyone out there. And the last game of the weekend, Mr. Mills, Cronulla taking on Penrith. Mm, I'm a little nervous for Cronulla this season. They're $2.60 outsiders here. The Panthers, $1.50. Yeah, I'm not even going to flip the coin for this one, boys. I think the Panthers are specials. The stocks at the Sharks are in big trouble, especially in the forwards. Andrew Fafida and mm. back row Luke Lewis both require fitness checks. Gal's gone. Uh, Wade Graham's injured as well. They're, they're in all sorts. I think the Panthers are specials here, PK. I agree, actually. It's one game that I would be happy to tip. So that means that the Sharkies are probably going to win. Um, yeah, easy. As we all know, uh, at the start of the season, they had the wife swap between Maloney and Moylan, and it's turning out very nicely for Penrith there. And Maloney's proving why he's taken clubs very close to the uh, premiership um, at the Roosters, at the Warriors. Uh, Didn't he even play in Melbourne at one point there, Barts? Oh, wouldn't surprise. He's played absolutely everywhere, that bloke, and now all of a sudden he's taking Penrith to to greater heights when we all thought that they were gone without Cleary. So uh, Penrith for mine in that one, and we must move on from the NRL. 
But we do have a couple of little Group 1 races tucked up our sleeves this weekend, Mr. Mills. Mm. Uh, before we put you back in the cryogenic freezer for the Spring Carnival, although we do have a trickle of Group 1s over the winter, to be fair, but uh, this weekend, th- there's no $4 million Queen Elizabeth stakes, but still half a million bucks on offer is, uh, for each of these races is pretty good. Well, half a million for the first one, at least. The Champagne Stakes at Randwick, over 1,600 metres. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting contest, Pete. But look, let's face it, my horse will run fourth, so mm. we won't spend too much time on it. Sure. And I'm sticking strong here with uh, number two, Longleaf. This is the uh, colt mm. that I selected for the sires, and he couldn't quite get there, beaten, of course, uh, around a length and a half into fourth. Um, there was nothing wrong with the run, I thought, and this race, probably a little bit easier. Um, he's likely to settle in the back half of the field from the awkward alley, but from there, I reckon there's enough speed on to to allow him boys to work home strongly wider out in the Ramwick Strait. So the 200 uh, extra metres looks right up his alley, and he's trading at around $8 last time I looked. So uh, no great confidence, but perhaps something each way there. Ramwick Race 6, the Champagne Stakes, number two, Longleaf. One of your favourites running around there too, Bart. Seabrook, you'll have a few bucks on that one, won't you? Oh, of course, shoe in. And then race seven on the card at Randwick this this weekend. A chance for uh, mm. some of the horses to swipe up a little bit of the leftover prize money there with half a million bucks. The all-aged stakes, Mr Mills. And it's actually mm. a pretty impressive field when you look across the board. But, I mean, all eyes are on the fact that uh, Tom Melbourne last time ran fifth instead of second. Mm. What a disgrace that was. Yeah, as you say, Pete, there's plenty of big, strong types in this race. So they're likely to make it a genuine test over the 1,400 metres. But for exactly that reason, it's hard to go past the favourite in the three-year-old trapeze artist. Now, he was absolutely dominant, wasn't he, when beating the country's best sprinter, Redzel, under these conditions last start. Just shows how much he enjoys a solid tempo and when he gets ridden with some cover. He placed over this trip in the size of the two-year-old and killed the genuine in the Golden Rose in the spring when coming from a midfield position like he did there uh, last time out. He'll look to slot midfield again with the field stringing out a little uh, behind what I think is going to be, as I say, a pretty genuine tempo. And from there, he'll just let his devastating finish do the rest as they top the, the Randwick rise. So um, no uh, huge money to be made there at around $2.30, but... Really hard to tip against him. That's Ramwick on Saturday, race seven, the all-age stakes, number 10, trapeze artist. So just to confirm there, Mr. Mills, I'm taking notes here, and it basically says uh, that I should back uh, race seven, Randwick, trapeze artist, and I'll be devastated at the finish. Is that what you said? (laughs) Sounds right to me, mate. Excellent. Just getting on top of that. The Mud Hunters' worthwhile wager of the week. Oh, I shouldn't say anything. I'm just in a glass house throwing stones. I haven't backed a winner since (laughs) 1942. Um, Can we make some money on a worthwhile weekly wager this week, boys? Bart, have you got any ideas? Oh, very unlikely, boys. Um, I'm just, I'm like just trying my best this week. I'm off to the A-League semi-finals just (laughs) to mix it up. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Melbourne City at $1.70 should be way too strong for the Raw here at home. They counted for them 2-1 last time they met, and I'm expecting more of the same. You can multi that into the other Melbourne team in the Melbourne victory to take care of Adelaide. It's all about the home ground semi-final advantage for mine, boys. What do you think? You can get odds of a touch over $3 about the easy double. Both of those in Melbourne, are they? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm guessing so. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Mills? Gee, that's, that's interesting. The last I heard about the A-League was that uh, Newcastle Jets were flying high at the top of the ladder. Very good. And uh, now we're talking semi-finals and they're not there. So, Wait, uh, what? Yeah. Newcastle Jets didn't make the semi-finals? Oh, I thought, that... I thought they were still rolling. Oh. Oh. Yeah, what's oh. happened there? Yeah, what, what else happened? Didn't they beat some team like 47-1 up in Central Coast last week yeah, or something? Yeah, 8-2 or something. Uh, you yeah. Get on with the show. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look for us. Boys. All right. Very good. Mr. Mills, make us some money. All right, boys. So the uh, Western Australian Derby for the three-year-olds being run over there in Ascot on Saturday. Mm. And I reckon I've found one here. It's a combination of form and price that's uh, got mm. me pretty excited about race Eight, number two, action. Now, this Oof. is a Peters-owned, pike-ridden colt, or gelding, would you believe, trained by Grant and Alana Williams. And uh, that last start run in the Melvista Stakes, he drifted alarmingly, boys, after missing a start prior due to a foot issue. Mm. He settled well back. He was blocked for half of the straight and then snagged wide and ran on strongly. A really strange performance there. And I think mm. the betting drift said that he wasn't quite fit there. So the fact that he was beaten only three and a half lengths at the finish just tells me he's peaking for this in the derby. Now, the $5 uh, opening market yesterday, mm. opening price, got Go snapped on. up straight away. Um, <laughs> I perhaps had something to do with that. Um, <laughs> but even at $4, boys, I think he's still Ooh. a get-on. So uh, I think just with all of those things in his favour, he's just going to be way too strong for these. Uh, so get on uh, now or you mm. know, forever hold your peace. That's uh, Ascot on Saturday, race eight, the Derby, number two, action. Absolutely outstanding when you look True. down the list of starters in that race and you can see the market movement on that horse and it's like, Millsy, what have you done? Uh, so, <laughs> very good. What did we find out about the A-League there, Bartz? Yeah, so I've gone the early crow. It's actually the elimination finals, not uh, the semi-finals. Right. So uh, the winners will go on to play Newcastle Jets and Sydney FC. Oh, that makes far more sense. Well, boys, I'm off to the AFL this week because, as we know, I've been striking far better there than the NRL anyway. And I've actually got a bit of a lock. Originally, this was going to be a little multi, but as your worthwhile weekly wager, this week, Geelong is taking on Port Adelaide. And get this, boys, you can get Geelong with a 22.5 start. Yes, I said, said yeah. that correctly. 22.5 start and get a $1.50. Mm. Now... Port last week was beaten comfortably by the Bombers, who are hardly locks in this year's uh, AFL. Mm. Geelong, as we know, I think they're going to go deep, deep, deep into this year's competition. Uh, 22 and a half for a dollar fifty seems ridiculous for me. But if you do want to multi it up and get a bit more action, uh, the GWS take on St Kilda that should be uh, an easy beat down for them. A dollar twenty seven seems an obvious choice for obvious reasons. And the West Coast at a dollar twenty two to beat Carlton, and they look like they're in just about the best form in the AFL after their loss mm. in round one. So you can multi the three of them together for two bucks thirty. But quite frankly, Geelong mm. plus twenty two and a half start against Port Adelaide at a dollar fifty. That's seems more than generous and on that note Bart, it's mm. been an absolute pleasure what do you got for us oh, great show as always boys just like ice cube supporting kevin hart in his action comedies once again i was just really along for the ride this week <laughs> very good no horrible dad jokes i'm legit <laughs> going back to bed for now to try and get rid of this brain pain i will finish with a quote though and we all thought the closing com game ceremony was a debacle but 
We need to get off the organizers' back, boys. Mm. It wasn't as bad as in Delhi 2010, when in the opening ceremony, the game's organizing committee chief, Suresh Kalmati, said, yes, Princess Diana was there, even though she <laughs> passed in 1997. Ouch. <laughs> Close, Mr. Mills. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, boys. And look, no uh, sparkling repartee from me to end the podcast, but something I'm really excited about. Oh, yes. Ford, Ford boys announcing they're going to be returning to the V8 fray with a Mustang that could even be ready to head around uh, the famous Mount Panorama later this season. So wow. certainly worth Good. Googling. The car looks fantastic. Doesn't it just? So what are they called now? Have they gone from V8 supercars to supercars? Are they just cars yet? Or what just have cars. they done? <laughs> yeah, that's the, next, that's the next step when uh, they allow my... Uh, 1996 four-cylinder Mitsubishi Mirage into the contest. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you next week, everyone. See you later. Subscribe to the podcast right now at mugpunters.com.au and search for Mug Punters Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Mitsubishi Mirage.